One of the best ways to support the FTF podcast is to check out our Patreon over at patreon.com slash finish the fight for exclusive episodes, insights, interviews, and plenty more. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Spartan 117. Anyone hear me? Over. Isolate that signal. Master Chief, you mind telling me what you're doing on that ship? Sir, finishing this fight. Welcome back to Finish the Fight, a Halo podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Reiners. And I'm your host, Alex Kendall. And if you haven't already, you have about roughly a day left, depending on when you're listening to this. Go to podcastawards.com and please sign up and nominate Finish the Fight, a Halo podcast for Best Games and Hobbies podcast of 2020. We would really or appreciate it. just the best podcast overall. Yeah, there is also an overall category. If you want to do both we're not upset with that by any means. So, again, you have about a day or two left, depending on when you listen to this. Or if you listen to it later, we've already won. We're number one. <laughs> so thank you for at least considering <laughs> it. Yes. And, you know, obviously our biggest news of the week, as we saw last week, mm-hmm. is the first look. So, yeah, yeah, I guess a week from technical release of what we have now, plus a couple hours, is the launch trailer of gameplay. Yep. Of Halo Infinite. Um, so we obviously had that demo build. And if you haven't already, earlier this week, whenever you're listening to this, or earlier when you see it. We have it, a lot of when you listen to this. When you listen to it. There was a bonus episode we put out about our reactions. And we wanted to wait you know, over the weekend, digest it, and let 343 kind of clarify a couple things. Plus, just let us simmer down mm-hmm. before we wanted to give our overall opinion instead of just jumping at our initial reaction. Well, yeah, my initial reaction is very different than what I think as of right now. Yeah, so, so if you haven't already listened to that, but obviously we get the first gameplay trailer of a very early build. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people are talking about graphics and stuff like that. We talked about that in that episode, but check that out. You know, as far as that, we're going to keep seeing hopefully some more infinite news trickle and roll mm-hmm. out, but I'm excited. They talked about, I think it was Chris Lee came on and said in a few months we'll hear more about multiplayer and whatnot. So. Yes, because once again, many people think, okay, that came out, the build's done. No, they've still got a couple months to polish things up, get some final textures in. and It's surprising what you can do in two weeks. Yes. Like some studios, they're like, all we need is two weeks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so yeah, check that out. But yeah, let's get to our topic at hand, Jesse. The topic today is Halo Spartan Assault, which is really interesting. This is the first time we're tackling a PC exclusive, mobile exclusive title at first. We'll learn along the lines that 
to get those sales figures up, they kind of just uh, released it everywhere. It, it's probably going to be on PS4 eventually. <laughs> yeah, because this is the one game where we really harken back to OG, OG Halo, mm-hmm. whenever top down. top down, whenever they're talking with Apple, and even before that, when they were wanting to do their top down Halo style. So they're mm-hmm. kind of they're kind of given a, you know an homage back to that. Yeah. So let's talk about the game itself. Halo Spartan Assault is a top down shooter from 343 Industries and Vanguard Games. This would be the first spin off game from 343 Industries, released July eighteenth, two thousand thirteen, originally for Windows eight. Canonically, the game is a simulator used for Spartans to hone in on their skills during their downtime. So it's literally they get like a Surface Pro tablet in the game. (laughs) Yeah. And they're like, it's a history lesson that you can play. And it's like, I remember that in kindergarten, kind of. Yeah. You know, I I think it's a very smart way for them to Mm -hmm. stay canonical because it didn't have to be, in my opinion. It could just be like, hey, it's a cool spinoff game. Play it if you want, if you don't. But, you know, yeah. 343 from the start wanted everything to tie in canonically somewhere, even multiplayer, as we, we heard before. So, obviously, something like this, being able to tie in, is smart on their end. And I think implemented probably the best way they could. Yeah. So, let's talk about the the new studio that has come in to work on Halo, which is Vanguard Games. So Vanguard Games is a video game studio located in Amsterdam, Netherlands. They've developed games such as Halo Spartan Assault, Halo Spartan Strike, Gatling Gears, and Greed Core. Not too much going on, really. But in 2016, the studio would merge with the studio Force Field and no longer develop mobile games, instead focusing on AR and VR games. Which makes sense, because you have a lot of these mobile studios who popped up mm-hmm. kind of chasing the dollar. Because if if you don't know, mobile gaming is such a lucrative, lucrative field to get into. The games are cheap to develop. and They're cheap and quick to develop. Mm-hmm. Your, your biggest expense typically, if you're going to Apple, is getting onto the Apple Store because that costs so much money to push it there and yeah. do updates. But when you have just these push notifications for, hey, buy this thing and keep going, you know, just spend a dollar. You want a new skin? There you go. Yeah, so... And then they're chasing, obviously, the new industry, the new, you know, Wild West of gaming in, you know, kind of the augmented reality and virtual reality spaces with, you know, Valve jumping in, Sony making their jump. So, you know, Microsoft's even making a jump. mm -hmm. So you're going to have plenty more of these coming out. So I'm excited to see what studios like this can do. You know, unfortunately, you will get the spam that you got in mobile gaming. You're already seeing some of that in VR where it's like. We learned one thing. Make a game around that entire one thing. <laughs> that one aspect. Mm-hmm. So let's jump over now back to Spartan Assault, and let's jump to the early stages of development. Mm-hmm. The idea of a handheld Halo game, I think we've talked about this 10, 20 episodes ago. We In talked a bonus about episode. canceled projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had actually been around for years, with rumors of a Halo DS going back as early as 2005. For a while, there were rumors that Bungie was working on an Xbox Live Arcade game, but in 2006, they would lay that rumor to rest. They would jokingly post a napkin design to a Warthog Moon Patrol. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I always love those things, like the little cheeky, like, playing into it, like, oh, maybe. But, like, just did it in such a, you know, a great way to kind of poke fun at it. Yeah. But in January 2007, IGN editor-in-chief Matt Casamassina had claimed that he played a prototype for Halo DS. Once he got pushback about its legitimacy, he would eventually post video of him playing the game, showing a PvP on Halo 2 Zanzibar. 
This game was going to feature single player, multiplayer, and a model viewer. The game would have stayed faithful to the core Halo gameplay, and those who played it said it truly felt like a Halo game. It was rumored that Halo DS was developed by N-Space, considering they developed GoldenEye DS, and the Halo DS was extremely similar to it, which really does make sense because, mm-hmm. I mean, GoldenEye is such an easy one to port, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, and and, and they did a good job with it. I, I vaguely remember it. I didn't really play it, but I, I remember tracking a lot of these games coming out, and that was around the time when you had this resurgence of all the N64 stuff coming back. Well, the same with uh, Super Mario World 64 and Ocarina mm-hmm. of Time with that remake. Yes, they were all coming back to that. And GoldenEye had that and GoldenEye Source for the GameCube and all these other ones mm-hmm. coming out. So, you know, it made sense. And, you know, we there's always been that, like, touchy rumor between Microsoft and Nintendo always partnering on certain things. Yeah, which is few and far between, mm-hmm. really. But moving on from that, the Halo DS was pitched several times to Bungie, but they would never bite. And Bungie was quick to extinguish rumors that they themselves had created it. Though a major publisher was working on a deal to publish it with Microsoft, Microsoft hired a studio to create the demo. Eventually, the game was canceled. Bungie would state, though, that they were open to the idea of a handheld Halo game. So we talked about this in our canceled projects where Bungie Mm -hmm. was like, nope, we never greenlit it, but then Microsoft's like... What do you mean you never greenlit it? Cool, we are. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, they did for a while start to work on it and and eventually just whether or not they could get a deal with Nintendo or anything like that, it, it just was canceled. There's no official reason mm-hmm. as to why. In many interviews from years ago, Frank O'Connor would state that he wants a, quote, Halo reboot of Moon Patrol. Other than Joystick, no one knew that O'Connor was actually being serious. 343 Industries would see the rise of mobile gaming and would look to bring the Halo experience to everyone's mobile device along with PC. Microsoft also didn't have any Windows 8 exclusive games and they needed to capitalize on this. This would lead to 343 Industries making the decision to create a new Halo game rather than just port an existing one to PC once again or to to Windows 8. Yeah, to have that just Windows experience of saying, not really exclusive, but... It's exclusive to Windows 8 right now. You know, anything that has Windows 8, it can play it. Yeah. Executive producer Dan Ayub would ask O'Connor what kind of game it should be. And that's when O'Connor could implement his dream of a Halo reboot of Moon Patrol. O'Connor knew that they couldn't make an FPS game on mobile and have it stand out. You know, because once again, at this point, your shooting controls on mobile were tough. They were there, Mm -hmm. but no one really refined them yet. Yeah. And I don't think they were going to be the ones to do it, or at least even try. No. So, knowing this, the team looked to a top-down shooter-style game to give it a unique feel in the Halo universe. Though at one point, a Halo game was ported to the tablet and mobile to see if it could work, it just didn't. Nope. O'Connor would also tell Ayub that he had always loved Vanguard Studios' work with their arcade shooter-style games. Mm-hmm. And Ayub would reach out to the studio to help with the game and... Once they knew that, they were instantly on board. That's the case with everyone. Oh, it's a Halo thing? Cool, I'm doing it. 100%. Because if, if it's generic shooter, no. Slap some Halo skins on it? Yes. Let's do it. They would act as the lead developers for the game. And 343 would also end up working with Havoc, who's done just a numerous amount of beautiful games. Having them help with... I think they jumped in for the AI, I believe, mm-hmm. to kind of help build around that. And they wanted it to be... Close to the AI they already had built in Halo 4. Because Havoc helped with the AI in Halo 4 as well. I think even in Halo 5, too. Mm -hmm, They did. So I know they wanted to bring them in 
to give it that similar experience. Even though you're going from FPS to top down, mm-hmm. they still wanted you to feel like you were fighting the same aspects and the same enemies mm-hmm. with that same behavior. Yeah. When it came to the story, Ayub would ask writer Brian Reed who the story should revolve around. Since Spartan Ops was still fresh on everyone's minds in the studio, he suggested it be about Sarah Palmer and that Roland, the AI, essentially narrates the game. Mm-hmm. 343 Industries had three goals in mind when making the game. Presenting a different way to enjoy Halo by taking Halo out of the living room, push the production values of Halo, and showcase what can be done on the mobile platform. Dan Ayub would state that Halo has always carried whatever platform it was on, and they wanted to do the same with Windows 8 devices. Listen, pal. Xbox, yes. Mobile, no. You're you're kind of, I don't know, well, too big for your britches there when you're like, oh, well, it's going to carry mobile gaming. And I think, uh, honestly, you have to, you you, have, you do have to go with that mindset, though. You have to say that because you have to hype that game no matter what. He, you don't want him to be like in an interview, be like, it's okay. <laughs> Can I mean, you imagine I, reading an interview? Download it if you want. I mean, <laughs> it's, it works. Uh, it'll You'll enjoy it for about 10 minutes and throw your phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On May 30th, 2013, Microsoft would obtain the domain to halo-spartanassault.com, halo-spartanassault.net, HaloSpartanAssault.com, HaloSpartanAssault.net, and of course, SpartanAssault.net. And people were obviously quick to notice, which blows my mind every time because someone's just crawling the web being like, huh, I wonder if Halo-SpartanAssault.com is still available. (laughs) It's not? Well, I think it's also, there's a website that uh, monitors games Mm -hmm. and the the URL. So if there's any Call of Duty URL purchase. Anytime Halo's they look They look at who purchased it. And if it's just some rando, they don't care. But it's like Microsoft just purchased Halo Baby Punching Simulator. Then they're going to be like, whoa. That's dark. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Halo's dark. Yeah. But... Fans were, like we said, really quick to speculate on what the next Halo game would be, considering Spartan Assault was the title to fan fiction in the Halo universe written in 2009. So they fans were like, are they just kind of purchasing fan content? Are they getting fans on board? Well, remember with A Fistful of Arrows, mm-hmm. people started speculating, oh, they're going to do something with that. Yeah, so, so who knew? But Microsoft would officially announce the game June 4th, 2013. With this, they would show the players that the game would feel like any of the other Halo games, with the ability to use different weapons and even use vehicles and missions, akin to the Halo sandbox players had gotten to know and and get comfortable with. Players could also customize their layouts before each mission, giving it that familiar Halo feel in regards to Reach and 4. So Mm -hmm. be able to do the the Call of Duty-esque layouts. Uh, But yeah, being able to kind of do your builds and have your pre-builds to jump into the mission or, or, or drop down with. Yeah. The control scheme and POV would go through 15 iterations before the final control layout. 343 Industries and Vanguard wanted to add joysticks to the mobile version to help Spartan Assault feel like a traditional Halo console game on a player's phone. Mm -hmm. Though there aren't technically any joysticks on the mobile version, instead, wherever your thumbs are on the left and the right side, they would act as the joystick. So they're like kind of invisible joysticks, really. Yeah, you're basically, (laughs) if you get down to the programming... You're setting your parameters on either side mm-hmm. so that no matter what your access is, that you're you're setting it, it's basically setting that at your quote-unquote zero-zero, so your neutral thumbstick, and then mm-hmm. it'll go from there. 
One issue that was common during playtests was users putting the phone or tablet on the table and using their index fingers to point at enemies to shoot. The PC and tablet versions of the game would have additional buttons to reload and switch weapons. The mobile version would only have one button for these actions. If you were going to play the game on PC and want to switch over to the tablet or the phone or vice versa, they could simply pause on one device and resume on a different one. So that's kind of cool. Really cool. I mean, that's that's kind of, I guess, a real first look on true cross-platform Halo. Mm-hmm. You know, be able to jump from one device to the next. And I know that Sony ended up doing that very successfully with their PlayStation Vita, I think it was, was the, uh, the first one. Is either the PS Vita or the one before that where you could jump between your PlayStation mm. and your, your mobile, your handheld, basically. Yeah. Originally, the game only had 25 whole missions, but five more would be added later with the Operation Hydra Pack. Hail Hydra. <laughs> <laughs> the studios would also add in-game achievements to the game that would actually count towards your Xbox Gamer score. This was later when it's ported. We're jumping a little ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game would also have weekly challenges, encouraging players to revisit the game every week. The game would also include skulls, leaderboards, and medals. The leaderboards would be friend-only leaderboards, so you can't oh, see so no any global. kind of public ones or anything like that. It's only yeah. if you and your literal one other friend who is playing this game, because you had to convince him and you had to eventually buy it for him. He's like, dude, you would have to pay me to. And he's like, okay, I'm, I'll, I'll buy the game for you. Just I'll buy play it for you. It. Just play so it. I can compare scores. <laughs> The studios would rely on aim assist to help the game feel smooth on mobile. A couple months after the launch, though, the game would allow players to connect their Xbox controller to their Windows tablet or PC to truly capture that console experience. It's all about, I love the whole thing. It's like capturing the console experience. Gotta do it. The game would cost $699 US on all Windows 8 devices. Using a whopping one gig of RAM, just chunking away on that mobile phone. (laughs) Even though the game would release on PC and tablets July 18th, 2013, the mobile version would be a Verizon exclusive until August 16th, 2013. The game took overall about 18 months to develop. Which is actually long for a mobile title. Oh, yeah. But it is also PC and tablet as well. And plus you have the cross-platform, jump from mm -hmm. one to the other. You know, this isn't a Flappy Bird. Well, well, I also, it wasn't developed to be a mobile game that will also be on PC and tablet. It was developed as a game. They had to find the right balance of all three. Exactly. If the player wanted, they could pay for credits that could be used to purchase boosts, unique weapons, and armor abilities. Regardless of the fact that players could actually buy credits instead of earning them, no content was hidden behind paywalls. The abilities were only available for one mission. So it's, it's a temp ability. And I do like when mobile games and things do that. You mm-hmm. have the option. If you want to pay to win, you can. However, if you want to grind and just play the mm-hmm. game your way, you have that ability as well. I, I think that is the perfect mix. Whereas, you know, I don't truly support that pay to win, but... This is the way that mobile gaming was developed, so at least there's this. All I'm saying is with, you know, the world being shut down and I can't do Pokemon stuff, really, I've given them a few dollars. That's for (laughs) sure. Can't go to your Pokestops? Yeah, no, then I I gotta get my coins, baby. So let's move on to later stages of development. 343 Industries wanted to reach as many Halo fans as possible with the game, and with that, they would also receive a tremendous amount of feedback from fans telling them they preferred playing the game using a controller. This would lead 343 Industries to decide that they wanted the game to be on console, because this was supposed to be like the anti-console game, and everyone's like, I don't like doing this unless I have a controller, and they're just like, 
damn it. Well, that's that's just it. Is is like you said, it's meant to be. This is our first step into mobile. If it goes well, we can then develop you know a side studio that just does mobile Halo stuff. Mm-hmm. That'll just be simulated training, and then we'll continue on core just to get those revenue streams. Yeah, but like you said, the reality is, no matter how many you know cool screen things they do or peripherals you add to make it feel like a controller. You want a controller for a, a shooter style like this. Well, especially because you're literally, depending on how how far you're moving your thumbs around, you're starting to block your field of view. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really inconvenient. And you have to figure at this time, too, if, let's just say you're buying an iPhone, it's a smaller screen. Yeah, compared 2013. To, yeah, compared yeah. to anything we have today, you're playing on, what, a 4 or a 5 at that four point? 4 or 5, yeah, more than likely. And, you know, so... You got that going for it, but you know we're going to see what happens as it continues along. October 29th, 2013, 343 Industries would announce that Spartan Assault would release on the Xbox One December 24th, 2013, making it the first Halo game to be released on the Xbox One. No, not the Master Chief Collection. No, not Halo 5, which I think is really interesting because no one really thinks about that. Well, yeah, because t- t- the Xbox One had such a weird lackluster launch so they're like spartan assault we'll pick it back up yeah it's like we want halo you get sunset overdrive we want <laughs> we want this other game you get other third-party rare stuff that we you bought get rise <laughs> yeah you get rise <laughs> good luck 343 industries and vanguard would put a good amount of focus on the controls making sure that the game felt natural on the xbox controller versus how it played when connecting to the controller to the pc they would also look to fan feedback and look to change the balance of the game and would include changing scoring to get bronze, silver, and gold stars. 343 Industries also changed the firing controls so the player simply wasn't firing whenever pushing the right stick on the mobile version. Because before you didn't have a click this button to fire. It's just whenever you turn, it was you were constantly firing like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That Call of Duty zombies. It's, it's like it's game. like any of those top yeah. down games where you just mm-hmm. point the stick where you're going. It, it's reminiscent to old arcade stuff where you just pointed in direction and mm-hmm. you had, I guess, one, two, three, four, eight directions. You had your four diagonals, your up, down, left, right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's very reminiscent to that. Obviously, going on to I think a 32 point instead of just an eight point. Uh, but definitely made it really fun and changed up a bit. The possibility of Spartan Assault coming to the Xbox was obviously always in the back burner, though. In multiple interviews, when a member of 343 Industries was asked about the game ever coming to Xbox, 343 Industries wouldn't deny the possibility, instead emphasizing that it was available on Windows 8. And I love that because, you know, like, Papa Daddy Microsoft's, like, keep pushing our failing system. Windows (laughs) 8 is our greatest, worst port we've ever done please make sure people use it well it's always possibility but it's available on windows 8 it's available on windows 8 it'll be one of your sweet screen widgets that people hated (laughs) (laughs) this wasn't just a traditional port though because once the game released on xbox one a new online co-op mode would be available allowing two players to team up and fight the flood in a new firefight like mode with five additional missions these co-op missions would also bring back the battle rifle Grenade launcher and introduced the machine pistols along with new armor abilities, teleport, and gas cloud. Players could also save one another from getting infected by the flood. 
The co-op mode would also be available for the Xbox 360 port, which would come out a month later after being delayed. So I believe it was, I think, January, like mid-January mm-hmm. or yep. so of 2014. Yep. Both the Xbox 360 and the Xbox One ports were worked on at the same time, but Vanguard and 343i would start on the Xbox One port first, because obviously that is your newer console. Mm-hmm. You need stuff on it. The game would natively run at 1080p, 60 frames per second on the Xbox One. On mobile devices, it only ran at 30 FPS, though. The game did not support cross-platform play from PC to console. So Windows 8, it was fine. Xbox 360 or Xbox One, no. Mm -hmm. The game would cost $14.99 in American dollars on the Xbox One, unless you had previously bought it on Windows 8 device before December 15th, 2013. Then it would only cost you $4.99. After the release of the Xbox One port, it would be released on the 360. As we said, it was January 31st, okay, 2014. January. The same deals would apply to the 360 version. So you still have to shell out a few extra bucks. Mm-hmm. Now, in January 2014, Microsoft announced that the game would be available on Steam April 4th with achievements and controller support, but no co-op mode. After the release on Steam, Microsoft would state, quote, we have no further Halo releases on Steam planned at this time. Well, well at, this hey, time, at this time. At this time. Now, a few years later, <laughs> everything's on Steam. By the time Spartan Assault would come to Steam, the game would go on sale for $1.99 on Windows 8 and $9.99 on Xbox One. Spartan Assault would also be released on Apple and Android in 2015 for $4.99, and it has since been taken down from the App Store for iOS and Android. So this is a game, I think this is the widest game of of what platforms it's on for Halo. In which I mentioned iOS and Android because this was originally just a, a Windows phone exclusive. Yes. Yeah, because you, you originally had it on all the Windows, like you said, Surface, kind of all mm-hmm. the stuff they had around that point. And then later on your release, you'd have your iPhones, your Androids, everything Yeah, because yeah, we talked about it iPhones and Androids and whatnot, but they didn't get that initially. It was just a Windows phone exclusive, but A, I know a small amount of people with Windows phones, and that's anecdotal, but... But, you know, from from our, our, our pool of people in our age group, that's just what it was. It was mm-hmm. iPhone was kind of king. iPhone, Android, you know, the kings going at it, kings and queens of the phones, and I remember playing this on my iPhone, because I was like, oh, cool, a Halo game on here, and I bought yeah. it, and then I bought it on the, the 360 Played it on there as well. Mm -hmm. So let's wrap up this with some trivia. When Vanguard Games began working on the game, they didn't know about the existence of the Surface tablet until they started development. So, like, start working on this game, and then eventually they're like, oh, it's got to be for a tablet, too. And they're like, wait, what? Sure, whatever. We'll do it. Mm -hmm. In 2019, Frank O'Connor would post a quote-unquote pitch on Twitter for a Warthog Moon Patrol. So he still wants it. Still is going for it. He still wants it. And the codename for the game in development was Boot Camp. And finally, the sequence group, who had worked on some stuff for Halo 4's Terminals, would create all the cinematics for the games. And so it's it's kind of like that... Uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I know you're talking about. It's similar to, like, anything you see, like, Batman and stuff now, where, like, it flips through the pages and kind of, like, see it all go. Yeah, so it was kind of like uh, motion comics in the sense, where it's like these paintings that move. There's not too much articulation. But the story is told nonetheless, and we get some kind of animation. Yeah. And it works. So we talked about a little bit of this, but we're going to go over what's new in Spartan Assault. Obviously, the weapon that we're seeing is the machine pistols, um, which, you know, 
a reminiscence couple games. Yeah. Um, not really not really ever a Halo aspect. I mean, we had the SMG, which is the closest we get to something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we bring it into here. Obviously, the armorabilities of Teleport and Gas Cloud. So what the Gas Cloud did is you. it's very similar to kind of the electrified smoke in Titanfall. Yeah. Where, like... Enemies in it get hurt, but with this, it's for the flood, and flood aren't able to like penetrate or go through it. It basically blocks them mm-hmm. from going through. We're also see vehicles. We get the Grizzly. We're seeing the return of the Hornet. Yeah. So remember, it's what's new from the previous game, not in the Halo universe itself. Yeah. Well, we'll do a what's new. What's new again? What's new again? Welcome back. Welcome back. But welcome for the first time is the Sparrowhawk. Mm-hmm. And oh. One of my faves. The elephant. Coming back. We got the elephant again. Uh, then we've also got the Wolverine, which I believe is a tank. No, no, no. That's the car. Yeah, it's like a car-ish, tank-ish thing. It's hard to describe. It's a very souped-up warthog that doesn't have the turret gun. Maybe it does it smaller. Can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. There's so many variety of these these vehicles that were introduced from like Halo Wars and whatnot that have made yes, their way in they made it over from that. And mm-hmm. then obviously we get the anti-aircraft Wraith back again. Um, and then just some additions that we haven't seen in Halo games really thus far is obviously microtransactions, um, mm-hmm. which is something that we get back into five with. Yeah. N- not as pressing as this. And once again, five does allow you can grind and play mm-hmm. and you can unlock it or you can pay for it. Mm-hmm. We also get this classic art style reintroduced. Mm-hmm. We get yeah. very much that reminiscent of early Halo in there, which is really, really nice. And we get dual wielding back. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the really first and last time we see it again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Spartan Assault was pretty innovative for giving us things that we wanted in Halo in a mobile game. Yes. <laughs> and did it as best they could. So let's talk about some marketing for the game itself and start with E3 2013, where the game would be announced alongside with a debut trailer. Mm-hmm. Fans would also have a chance to get a hands-on preview of the game at the event itself. We also have Comic-Con 2013, where members of 343 Industries would discuss and promote Spartan Assault during a panel with Frank O'Connor, Dan Ayub, Kevin Grace, and more. 25 attendees would also walk out of the panel with a UNSC Surface Pro tablet found under their seats. Oh, they got Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> so 343 Industries actually does that a lot, where they almost any panel you go to, they give away something. Yeah. And, and it's usually something pretty, like, worthwhile, like, an, even, like... Once or twice, they'll be like, we have four custom MCC Xboxes. Look under your seat or something. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it beats like, you win an extra, extra, extra large shirt. You get a poster. Yeah. Microsoft's cheap, and I could see them doing that, too. But the Hyatt Hotel across the street from Comic-Con would also host a Halo 4 Slayer tournament. The winning teams would receive a Nokia Lumia 928 phone. Yay! Where you could play Spartan Assault, I think. <laughs> yes, it's a Windows phone. <laughs> then we had a launch party. Uh, 343 Industries would hold a launch party two days before the game would actually be released in New York. Kevin Grace would attend and demo the game for anyone who was interested. Let's talk about now Verizon. A 30-second trailer would be released from Verizon promoting the game. One misleading element about the trailer, though, is advertised that it was, quote, only for Verizon, but didn't mention that it was only until August 16th. Yeah, they never mentioned the exclusivity of it. They were just trying to say, you need to get to the Verizon network. You need to get yourself a sweet Nokia. Slap it down. Play some Spartan Assault only on with us. And by no means, I will never never judge anyone for this, but 
do any of our listeners who are a little older, did you actually buy a Verizon phone just to play this game? I'd be curious. No. I want to say one person out there did. I'm going to say no one did. One person. No one did. Someone who's mo- the most hardcore Halo fan. Did. No, you know what happened is they're like, I mean, plans up. I've wanted to try it. I mean, I guess I will. Oh, Spartan Assault's on there. Neat. Let me play it. That was probably like, all right. Cool. That was a fun, that was a fun seventeen minutes. All right, we have three more things to wrap up marketing. So we do have a Twitter giveaway, and the official service tablet Twitter would post at ten a.m. on August twenty first, two thousand thirteen, and ask fans why they think the Surface is awesome. Fans would have two hours to reply. Ten winners would be announced August thirtieth. All of them would win Halo Spartan Assault skinned one hundred and twenty eight gigabyte Surface Pro sound. I love these giveaways. Why is the Surface awesome? I want to know the replies to that. <laughs> we could pr- I, maybe I saw that. We could dig for it. We'll dig for it. Okay, add this to Jesse's list of translating the covenant language, looking up some dumb giveaway. Uh, let him know what else he has to do because you have like a list <laughs> of like five things you promised. <laughs> and finally, we have Halo Initiation. Even though the game was going to give background into Spartan Palmer, the five-part comic series would tie into the game, giving even more insight into Palmer's character. So mm-hmm. that that will actually be our next episode, anyways. But yeah, there was there was a little bit of a tie-in with that. Yeah, which is which is really awesome. Mm-hmm. Now on to the uh, Jesse Reiner's quote: "Meat and or the patatas." I said that at the start of the episode. No, no, no. This is the true meat and patatas of this. <laughs> meat and potato pancakes of this. They'll be the, just the potato pancakes of this. What? Is, is Come the on. campaign. I, I want the meat. Come on. <laughs> I just want <some> potato pancakes. <laughs> it's the campaign. All right. So now back over to the campaign. Uh, similar to what we've done in a couple of our episodes, obviously, is we're just going to give you just a general kind of consensus on the campaign itself. Yeah. I don't want to give you a, a walkthrough of 25 mobile game missions where it's like, you go over to this area. Oh, did you hear that, folks? Jesse doesn't want to give you the full meat and potatoes of it. <laughs> that is why I'm giving you the patatas and the <laughs> or like the papa fritas. Like whatever we want, we're gonna put it in there. <laughs> well, it's like really the missions are like you go and you take out the tank. You get in the you get in it. You go over here. You kill these three elites. You go over there. You kill them. And that's it. Like, All right, gameplay, now it's... we're on to cut material. Jesse just did the whole thing. <laughs> well, well, it is. It's like kind of Spartan ops that we just did, where the the missions are kind of really re- not, re- monotonous and kind of repetitive. So we're we're going to talk more about the story, the story, and, and the the visual cutscenes. Mm-hmm, yeah, because the story does develop throughout the game itself, but also there's only like five or six minutes of cutscenes, really, with kind of that that uh, that motion comic going on yeah but really the most important is really the start and, and we spartan assault begins with where we first kind of see roland so mm-hmm. so our unscai roland giving several spartan fours you know a lesson on historical battles so it's reminiscing a lot of the stuff that we've seen either in some of the visual content or some of the books where an ai is teaching uh spartan whether it's recruits or or, or, or newer spartans or mm-hmm. older spartans more on historical battles yep, and, and, and to give them more tactics. Yeah, and he, that's even it's like, also, it's a pretty fun pretty fun game. You can play, too. On yes. your Surface Pro <laughs> on tablet. On your Surface Pro tablet released in 2013. Buy it, you machine. <laughs> yeah, so it starts with that, but that gives you the, that gives you the whole lore intro mm-hmm. of, look, you can now use these futuristic tablet things to simulate yourself as a Spartan 
into these different roles, testing out these tactics. Mm-hmm. We have new gear for you simulated in. Uh, let's go check it out. And we start really the whole thing with uh, Edward Davis and Sarah Palmer, who are starting us during the Battle of Drathius V to enhance our strategic skills. Mm-hmm. So it, it's Roland explains the engagement started a splinter sect of Covenant who ignore the ceasefire of 2552 and attacked UNSC forces on the former forerunner world of Drathus V. Those Covenant forces were led by Sanghili Zealot Merg. Merg Vol. Good old Merg. Yeah, and you know, this is where Vol leads a fleet of ships to the planet and the Covenant deploys troops on both Drathus V and its moon X-50. Ooh, that, that, by the way, I don't know if anyone caught that playing it, that is a hint to the 32nd Xbox coming out. It's called the X50. Um, they just, the they just, seconds? Uh, you know, because they want to make, they're going to do 50. That's just two on the note. But the 32nd is the X50. What are you talking Boom, about? Boom, new Xbox coming out. <laughs> Palmer and Davis would lead the UNSC in defending the planet from the Covenant. I mean, again, we're not going to go into the gameplay itself because it's pretty wash, rinse, repeat. I will say throughout the game, you can board vehicles. Uh, pick up weapons, anything like that. Oh, Super it's fun. It's fun. And if you get it on Steam for the, like the couple bucks, like mm-hmm. it was a fun game to just kind of mess around with. It's re- like honestly, if you like want to put on like an audio book or something or or anything like that or like put on a documentary in the background or watch TV and just also play that. Perfect. I remember using it as sorry to tangent here. I remember using it as distraction from homework. Mm-hmm. Like I do homework for a bit and I just want to play something real quick, like a mission. Mm-hmm. I just hop over to that, play a little bit, get back to homework. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But after thwarting the initial assault, Davis moved to secure the UNSC's research facility Alpha and the Forerunner Architect Artifact. Artifact located therein, which appeared to be the Covenant's main target. But I mean, this is kind of really the case is you know, Covenant want this forerunner tech. UNSC goes to stop them. Wash, yeah. rinse, repeat. It's an age-old story. And it's most of what you do, which which makes it pretty easy to set these up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and as they go, the Covenant does resume their assaults, and you know, the UNSC kind of backs off. They're like, it's overwhelming. We're fearless it's going to be taken out. However, we now have Palmer with Marine Detachment infiltrate artillery positions the Covenant had set up that was kind of bombarding them mm-hmm. to destroy it. Yeah. And this is when Spartan Davis later notices that the Covenant's heavy resilience on the dropship insertion. So Davis is kind of like, hmm, there's a bunch of focused anti-aircraft fire, so I'm going to get in these Wolverines. I think it's Mm -hmm. the first time we see those and starts to establish air defenses a little bit away from the facility at the location that's designated the Glacial Perch. Mm-hmm. While Spartan Davis was successful in slowing those advances, the Covenant forces was were just too overwhelming. We know mm-hmm. that by, by the Covenant. They just yeah. they just bombard you with enemies. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah. Sarah Palmer, you know, on, on her, because you're basically going back and forth between yeah, these you, two. Yeah, you switch a bunch. Yeah, sorry we didn't clarify that. You do play as both of them yes. uh, for a good amount of time. Yeah, so, so this, this will give you the option to kind of see two different aspects of of the the rate of play, I guess you would say, because because it's mm-hmm. different different builds on either of them. But you get back to Sarah Palmer, and she is now fighting with her unit to get over to this kind of detachment 
that is in a different outpost to to deal with this invasion. Mm-hmm. And and her plan is to destroy this Covenant air support. Um, and you finally get into the Hornets, mm-hmm. uh, and you get a chance to there in the outpost. AV-14 Hornets. Ah, the AV-14. Mind you. Of course. And the ultimate goal was to get the new Xbox and the warn <laughs> and warn Traithus 5 <laughs> of this Covenant invasion, because we're originally mm-hmm. seeing it on the moon when she was like slamming some Mountain Dew and Doritos, playing some Forza, and then this whole thing happens, so and now she's got to get back to Draythus 5 mm-hmm. to tell them about it while wiping her cheesy fingers on the console. <laughs> Well, you know, that's when, uh, you know, Davis is defending the moon and Palmer and a smaller amount of UNSC forces remain on Dreithius 5 and they're outgunned and outmanned and womaned. Outmaneuvered. (laughs) Yeah, but so then, you know, the Covenant are continuing to attack Dreithius 5's uh, main military outpost and, you know, they start to breach the defense lines before the base's sentry turrets were fully operational. So, th- so. so this is one of those, like, tower defense aspects mm-hmm. where you have to, like, sit mm-hmm. there and, like, defend wave and wave and wave defense. Yeah. Because um, this kind of gets you ready for that firefight mode that eventually gets released. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. you have to sit there and go through different points and, like, activate mm-hmm. aspects to get those turrets online to get your base fully functional, which is... You know, they ripped it off Reach, I will say. I'm not a big fan of Reach, but Reach, you do have a tower defense mode. Credit where credit is due, sir. It's there. However, it was in 4,000 games before that. But, you know, (laughs) balloons. Anyone play some balloons out there? Because that's what I'm talking about. Uh, No, so so this is where you first get kind of introduced to that aspect. And then this is where your your morale starts to get a little boost. A little little, Mm -hmm. little boost. We got some defenses. And then you get kicked in the nuts because basically it's like, okay, Palmer starts to secure some areas. But Covenant are starting to lead another invasion, and mm-hmm. then they do take a loss there because it's like the Marines of the the, the 21st, 21st Scouts, Scout. I think it was. Yep. Uh, they had managed to uncover a set of promising coordinates, but kind of didn't end well for them. So after tracking the officers down, she quickly eliminated them, the, the Covenant ones. Covenant yeah, officers. yeah. So to reiterate all that Jesse said, a detachment of Marines was able to secure the coordinates of some high-ranking Covenant. Mm-hmm. They unfortunately fell after they delivered their message, but Palmer was able to take those coordinates and find that elite commander mm-hmm. and take them down to squash a little bit of the oncoming force. Yeah, and, and during this charge on Dratheus Five, we go back to Spartan Davis, who is still fighting enemy on after- the Xbox. Uh, yes, on the X50 Xbox, uh, he's he's still fighting wave after wave of Covenant on the moon as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, because once again, this is kind of, if you want to think of this as, you know, kind of the orbital ca- orbital like cannons that are out there, mm-hmm. like your Mac guns, this is kind of like the one defense post is the moon that they were going to stage from. We've seen that, that in other Covenant aspects where they stage on the moon or a, a closer planet to have a staging ground, yeah. then assault. So he's trying to make sure that can't be an aspect they're mm-hmm. doing. Yeah, but then something really interesting happens, and, and we're kind of hearkening back to Ghost of Onyx as we find out the X-50 isn't a natural moon, but it's a, it's a forerunner, yeah, I guess call it megastructure, mm-hmm. which is capable of constructing and destroying planets. So it's kind of like the Death Star. Pretty much. Pretty much. But, you but, know... But, but, but. Microsoft owns it. <laughs> Eventually they will. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, initially when he does find, when Davis finds his way to the control center, Merge Vol tunes the moon's main weapon on Dratheus 5 and starts to destroy the planet. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things that happens is, you know, as that Xbox 50 
uh, starts to you know construct and, and destroy the planet, it just starts to disintegrate it. These humongous just slabs of rock, basically just mm-hmm. giant continental breaks, start flying out in pretty much every direction. Mm-hmm. And it just starts floating away with both UNSC Covenant forces just going. It's this really cool, almost like, just very interesting space battle, like this planet erupting, but you're still fighting on like this erupting planet that's mm-hmm. going all over the place and, you know, trying to evacuate as they can. And the the Covenant quickly keeps attacking the planet and the UNSC realizes that Drathus V is ill-prepared for a planetary destruction. Yeah. You know, they, they don't have enough enough escape pods and drop ships mm-hmm. and, and anything to get out of there, so they're doing what they can. Well, they do eventually get some Covenant ships to get out of their world because they're like, we don't have enough transportation or UNSC transportation to get everyone mm-hmm. off of here. But then they realize, oh, we can just hijack a bunch of Covenant ships and get out of here. Yeah, because there was a Covenant airfield, I think, not too far really mm-hmm. from the their flying position on this spinning destroyed rock. What a coincidence. But then the but then they do eventually make their way back on Dratheus 5's moon, the Xbox 50, mm-hmm. and that's where they're going to go to try to take or or make the the machine stop essentially. Yes. Push that big off button. Exactly. Cuz you know there's one, the big red button. Yeah, and, and one of the cool things that, that we do see is with Palmer's help and taking that over, we're able to get 23 extra Covenant ships full of UNSC forces mm-hmm. and, and humans off the planet, which which is amazing. And the crazy thing is, is that we then have the UNSC Eminent Domain, which was their, their, their main ship that they had, is able to outmaneuver these Covenant forces in orbit and offer some support like right over the moon mm-hmm. with some with some ODST drop pods. And so we have the third Helljumper platoon first lands on uh, the Xbox 50 <laughs> and their drop zone's only less than a mile from this alpha facility. But, you know, the landing is all scattered with these rock sharp, these sharp rock faces and they're trying their best to get as many as they can there, mm-hmm. like you said, to be able to push that big red button uh, where it says stop. Yep. Yeah, and, and they were quickly surrounded by Covenant inf- infantry taking heavy losses, but Davis comes to their assistance mm-hmm. and kicks some ass. And he was able to connect with the UNSC combat technicians who believed that they could render a forerunner structure inert. Yeah, they got the big button. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they just needed a chance to get inside the structure. It was pretty straightforward. So yeah, Davis and what little Marines he has left, they assist the combat technician securing the forerunner structure. Yeah, so this is kind of, in a way, it is a like follower guidance mission. Kind of. Kind of, because you have to kind of keep these techs alive. Innovative. So it's, yeah, so it's an escort mission in a way, mm-hmm. but it still has that Spartan Assault feel. So it's still shooty-shooty everything you can, so it's still pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they were able to buy them enough time so they could do their work, but once their job was complete, it was too late for Drathius V. Uh, so the, the planet, they couldn't save the planet. Initially. No, because initially we had like the surface breaking apart, like mm-hmm. your surface lands. But at this point, they'd already reached the core. Mm-hmm. You know, they already death started. it. <laughs> they just booed it to death yeah. and it happens. So during the defense of the moon, Spartan Davis was killed by an overwhelming amount of Zenghili forces. And the forerunner structure once again gets obtained by them. But it's kind of really crazy because he goes down fighting that way he can get as many colonists uh, off of Drathius mm-hmm. 5 as he could because this is a human planet. Yeah, yeah, he, he was basically helping to to deal with this and, mm-hmm. and to make sure, you know, that his 
his pushing the big red button helped slow it enough. Like the planet can't mm-hmm. be saved, but slowed the destruction enough to allow more colonists and humans to get yeah. off the planet, which you know, which is, is a very valiant effort and very Halo esque in a way. I, I really enjoyed it. I also didn't expect death when playing this game. I thought it would be more like a lighthearted, campy game. Like and you're like, oh, this guy died. Well, especially because it's a simulation of past battles. Mm-hmm. You're thinking, oh, you know, it'll just be kind of like here's how we beat the covenant. These are the ways we did it, and in it, in a way, it is. But mm-hmm. like you said, we do have hardships. We do have loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we jump back to you know our leader, of the Covey Covey forces merge, <laughs> merge, merg. Love it, Vol. Who is still present on, on the Xbox uh, 50, provides remaining Covenant forces with a rallying point and cry. And really, I mean, you know, Palmer's thinking, if these colonists are, are, can make it out, if these colonists can make it anywhere, we need to take out Mergy Voloop to do and just, just take him out. Because that, that was her nickname for him that I just made up, uh, but, <laughs> but she thought it. Uh, and so, yeah, so she said that, you know, Merge Vault has to be terminated. Well, that's kind of like a revenge thing at this point. Yes, well. it's, it's a revenge thing. It's like, all right, you've you've now taken out, you know, my partner in crime, my other Spartan. I'm just full of rage. I'm trying to save as many as I can and take out as many of you as I can. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is where we then see as Palmer completes those those rescue evaluations of it. You know, she has to take down a couple more Covenant forces on planet, mm-hmm. but gets those those evacuations going. We then see that she is able to locate Vol's ship, and you know she just has like her bullseye target on it, like like just mm-hmm. tunnel vision, just tunnel vision right on that ship. And after she's able to hi- fight through heavy covenant forces, she's able to locate his Phantom mm-hmm. and use it to get to Xbox Fifty. Yep, and so she successfully pilots the Phantom through all the Covenant fleet orbiting uh, the Xbox Fifty. And she's able to land south of Merge, Merge or Merg. I'm gonna say Merg, Merg Vol's camp, Good old Merg, right out of range of the the turrets. And so he, like, we start learning more about Merg Vol that you, he, you know, he's been chosen by his gods to wield the power contained within this structure. Uh, yes. Again, another story of I, I've been chosen by the gods. I, I am a vessel for them to speak through and to control and all of that and, stuff. And, and very much the elite's way of mm-hmm. power and destruction is what the gods have willed upon me. Not not any other aspects, because as a warrior, this is what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so with, you know, he has now just essentially a forerunner uh, uh, death star at his mm-hmm. hand. So he's now very dangerous. And I don't think Palmer knows at this point, actually. I, I know we said it was a revenge thing. She's still trying to get a hold of Davis at this time yes. while landing on the moon. So I actually, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think she actually knew at the time. I think it's more just so the destruction of the planet. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. where she's okay. like figuring out like, okay, this planet's being destroyed. They're killing civilians. Like, it's even, this is mm-hmm. an act of just total annihilation, even an act of war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she, she's trying to get a hold of Davis and she can't. So she's like, I'm, gonna, I'm going to battle Merg Vault. I, I was saying Merge. I don't know. Vault. Vol, that's what we're going with. She's she's going to go battle Vol on her own, and she basically goes in. Not not too terribly hard to find him, because he's a big guy with a big crown yelling that he is the voice of the I, I am Erd Vol. He just keeps yelling. <laughs> hey, it's me, Vol. I'm over here. Yeah, so eventually she does find him, but you know the whole entire time it's just dead UNSC soldiers everywhere. Mm-hmm. So she does finally face his final forces and she gets through all of the forerunner beam turrets everything and she finally fights vol himself and it is difficult but she is able to overtake vol and kill him 
once and for all. She actually executes him with her M6H Magnum. Yes, takes her sidearm mm-hmm. and does, you know, very much that, like, picturesque, like, revenge thing, like standing over the body, pointing mm-hmm. it, fires it at the end. Boom. Yeah. The blood goes all over the camera. Mm-hmm. Very cinematic of you, Palmer. Yeah, and shortly after the battle, with Mergvol killed and the Covenant forces defeated, the surviving colonists of Drathius V able to escape. Palmer sabotages the foreigner device on Xbox 50. So, you know, with everything kind of going, she's like, we need to destroy this. This needs to this needs to go. However, shortly after that battle, the UNSC discovers a low-frequency looping transmission from Xbox 50. Palmer and the UNSC forces return to the moon to investigate. So they go back to Xbox 50. Mm-hmm. They realize that Covenant forces still remain there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of what they're getting is this, this frequency is kind of going back and forth in the moon. They're picking up slightly. Mm-hmm. And so... After fighting through numerous Covenant soldiers, Palmer discovered that the message had originated from Spartan Davis. Mm -hmm. This is where it gets a little morbid. Yeah, because so this happened moments before his death. Like he put this on kind of a looping track that kind of just kept pushing out, Mm -hmm. you know, and but they realized that Davis's final impressions had been absorbed into a forerunner device. Yeah, so it it, it uses like organic, not organic because it gets his, his armor too. It just uses any kind of material. Yes, and absorbs it. So that's what happened to him. It's he very, got it's very, com- yeah, it's composer esque, mm-hmm. but it's it's the whole of him. Yeah, like everything essentially. Yeah, and and this, like you said, this is really a, a, a very touching moment because, you know, Palmer sees another big red button that says off mm-hmm. for for kind of this whole aspect that Davis is in, mm-hmm. and she ends up shutting the device down in order to. You know, let him pass peacefully. You know, mm-hmm. like like let his essence, let everything about him go, because otherwise, it's just this kind of almost tortured loop. Yeah, and and then it goes to a cutscene where she kind of expresses to the camera, like, you know, he's not he's not just a history history lesson. Like he was a really good soldier. Like I hate mm-hmm. how he's being represented in this because I think they had just said. Oh, he died, and yes. they didn't say. Oh, he was being like absorbed and composed. Yeah, they were just like you know he's 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 technically Spartan MIA, but he's KIA. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, he's, he's he's a statistic. And you'd think if you just play the single player campaign, this is it. But then you know we talked about how they added for Xbox that new flood survival mm-hmm. mode. So then it goes back afterwards, and it's Roland being like, you know, the Covenant actually didn't just glass random areas of of Africa going back to Halo 3 he's like mm. we let them do that because of a flood invasion so now you're yes. deployed on the ground as some Spartans doing that uh, uh, defense yes mode, de- so. defending as as, as mm-hmm. long as you can to kind of allow that to happen yeah so that so that really is all that it is for that next part it's really short and sweet yeah but but it makes sense and like you said they, they've tried to Three for three has tried as much as they can to keep things canonical, keep it rolling. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I think that's a great tie in to say, Mm -hmm. because now you don't have to tie it in directly to anything we see further. Mm -hmm. It's just that these were Spartans on the ground uh, uh, during this aspect before the glassing happened. And unfortunately, they were glassed along with this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's it. That's the campaign. Now let's talk about a very shortcut material section. Of course, this is only stuff I could find, but the two things are split screen. Mm hmm. So I, I would assume just for PC and I also Xbox and yeah, I don't, 360. I don't... There's no way you could do it on a phone where you have four people <laughs> on an iPhone. I do want to see that iPhone now. four or five, and then Prometheans. Prometheans were originally pitched for this. Thank God they did not make it into the game. Yeah, and honestly, it would have been tough because how do you teach a quote unquote history lesson 
when that's kind of currently happening in that aspect. And yeah, it just wouldn't work. No, and I think it does really well when you're able to tell. You know, I, I think that's why, like, Cold Protocol, regardless of what people thought of it canonically, did very well, is because you just tell a battle of history that has no other implication Mm-hmm. into it except for getting to know who characters are. Yeah, there's and, no tie-in to really anything else. I think that's why it works so well. Yeah, it, it just works so well being its own thing and being canonical in that way that you mm-hmm. you might be able to hearken back to, but it's never going to be a mainline aspect that influences everything there on out. Mm-hmm, yeah. So now let's move on to achievements. So the game would have 30 achievements totaling 1,000 gamer score. Of course, there's simple things like when... So everything is split up. There's like five missions for uh, each operation. So there's mm-hmm. Operation A, B, C, D, and E. So if you complete Operation A, uh, you get Overrun, which is 20 gamer score. If you complete Operation B, which is switched on, 20 gamer score, etc. So things like that. Um, we get you that. Yeah, and then, mm-hmm. and then in typical Halo fashion, you have actual achievements i'd say mm-hmm. you know like like with with your first mission uh is escort service keep all wolverines intact for operation a nowhere to hide finish the mission without any jackals regenerating their shield so and, and and so forth for each one so each each of your operations will have one achievement form within those five missions yeah for those aspects and then some more for you know earning gold stars or 25k experience mm-hmm. uh well we even also have like some co-op ones mm-hmm. which is like uh i believe this is a, we have a few that are 100 points like overachievers earn all co-op medals at least once mm-hmm. we have immune which is finish a co-op mission without becoming infected and then the enemy of my friend which is get a higher individual score than your partner on all co-op missions so just to, just poop all over them and just say this is how you really know your friend sucks we get achievement for them sucking <laughs> which is but they, fantastic they, but these really are some rep- like the replayability aspects yes. of it these, the, and I will say they did that very well and that's what and, and once again in, in your top 10 let's say top 10 gaming innovations achievements have to be up there absolutely because you can make a game replayable I mean we've played games forever you know there mm-hmm. are games that were replayable you could jump into it something as simple as Mario Kart mm-hmm but when you take a game that is like this or a single player mm-hmm. and it's like, all right, you beat it once, now beat it on hard plus mode, mm-hmm. you know, or go back through and do this or collect all these things. It really, really drew players into playing that game again and again and mm-hmm. again, even though there's no true aspect of playing the game over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then let's let's talk about medals mm-hmm. because there are some medals, but they are for co-op only yes so you have and of course i i remember i was like wow this seems really excessive and i was like wait you're you have hordes of flood coming out you when it's like kill 20 enemies within three seconds of each other which is very easy yes kill power which by the way these once again i appreciate both bungie and 343 industries giving me these names because we have stuff like colossoraptor which is kill 30 kill ridiculous kill a what (laughs) Invincible, inconceivable, unfriggin' believable. It's it's amazing, and then simple ones like repellent, like uh, prevent infected, prevent infection until your partner gets infected. Uh, kill it with fire. Kill fifty enemies with fire without being hit. Things like that, like brick wall, long distance, bug off, and so perimeter. Like, Love it. it I think 343 initially when they did that Halo 4 like achievements and Mel's like we just want to be cool like them but then I realized I think that it's not about that it's 
most of these are just the first thing that come to mind. Oh, and it's great, and I and I mm. love every aspect of it. So let's uh, I'll wrap up the multi with all this with the multiplayer. Uh, so we have two sections: window devices. No, this was due to the inability to pause and resume games on these platforms without disrupting the multiplayer experience. 343 Industries and Vanguard also just didn't have the time to implement multiplayer, even though they wanted to. Now, as for Xbox 360 and One, yes. Yes, you're the online co-op. Mm-hmm. Yep, so that was really, I mean, that's it. The, the, those flood missions are the the multiplayer co-op, which we've been kind of talking about throughout this game. Mm-hmm. Now to Jesse's personal meat and potatoes. <laughs> My personal <laughs> his, stash. His, his personal stash. <laughs> he goes out. He goes to dinner by himself, orders two dishes of this, takes one home for a snack later. It's the music section. (laughs) The soundtrack was written and composed by Tom Salta. This would be the first soundtrack that Salta would create that already had a previous established tone and feel. So he didn't get to create his own feeling and aspect for for something. Mm -hmm. It had to go, this is your drive. Mm -hmm. Create something like that. Because every other one he did, he's like, here's a new IP for a mobile or whatever. Do it. But he had... You know, at this point, what, 11, 12 years to go off of. Mm-hmm. And since Combat Evolved was, quote-unquote, sacred ground for Salta, he wanted to give the Spartan Assault soundtrack the same feel of discovery and mystery like Marty did with CE. This would be a challenge since the budget for Spartan Assault was significantly smaller than any other Halo game. Salta would use a good chunk of the music's live budget toward a choir. He felt that the soundtrack truly needed the element of live music to carry it to the next level, and it did. Salta would specifically write a soundtrack to reflect classic Halo tracks rather than what Halo 4 did or even Ford Unto Dawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One issue that Salta did face was the overall scope of the soundtrack itself. He needed to create music that would capture the grand scale of a Halo adventure, but have the quality to be heard through small mobile speakers, mm-hmm. which is such a big thing to do because you, you have this big project and then you play it through your phone and then you go... Oh, God, I can't hear a majority of that. Well, that's the thing, too, is like you're, you're taking it from a beautiful file. Mm-hmm. You know, your audio files might have a flack of it. But then when you compress the mobile to like a 96 or a 128, you just condense everything. Mm-hmm. And you're just like hearing those middles and really, really polished highs and really, really polished lows that are within mm-hmm. that spectrum. Yeah. A good amount of audio assets also had to be re-recorded since they didn't properly transfer from from a console first-person shooter. This meant that all weapons and vehicles had to be re-recorded. Salta would actually play sound effects like guns and enemies from the game in the background of his studio while he was writing the soundtrack. That way he could create music that would flow with the sound effects, which is genius. Because, mm-hmm. like, you got to think. It's like, okay, we're going to have a bunch of gunshots here. Should I play this melody, or how does that go with gunshots? Gunshots will drown that out nine times out of ten. Yes. Let's not do that. So the soundtrack was released the same day as the game, July 18th, 2013, on Microsoft's new music label. I think that was it. Just it, It's just like the Microsoft It's the Microsoft music. music. Yeah, Microsoft music. The soundtrack was over an hour long and contained 27 tracks. And this is what Tom Salta had to say about writing the soundtrack. I wrote the score not as a composer, but as a true fan. I took responsibility very seriously and created the kind of music that I would want to hear as a Halo fan playing the game. Tom Salta did also help with that rewrite of the, or that re-recording of the Combat Evolved soundtrack. So that's Mm -hmm. where he first got his foot in the door. 
Now let's talk about some trivia. The soundtrack was recorded at Skywalker Sound Studios. Combat Evolved was the reason Salta wanted to get involved in the gaming industry. And that's what he says through and through. He said, first time you ever heard that soundtrack, he said, I want to write video game music, yep. which is awesome. So wrapping up the trivia, Salta's only disappointment in the soundtrack was that there isn't much downtime in the game. So there wouldn't be a lot of moments to truly sit back and listen to the soundtrack in the game itself, which yeah. is fair. Yeah, I mean, you're like in your, your cool, beautiful ODST walkthroughs mm-hmm. and be able yeah, to listen it's to just, that. It's just <laughs> a bunch until the mission's over. Yeah. On to release versions. We obviously had uh, Windows and Windows Mobile. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also had iOS and Android after that. Mm-hmm. You know, Windows 8 specifically. Uh, we also had on the 360, the Xbox One, and finally on Steam. So I think it's one of the most amount of platforms a Halo game has been on, really. Yeah, that's that's not physical, of course. Yeah. Uh, and final wrap-up, as we get to it, our general reactions. The plate's done. The waiter's coming over, giving you your bill. Mm-hmm. Jesse has... He was going to take home both dishes, but decided he was pretty hungry, so he just ate both of them. <laughs> and now he's just, like, patting his belly, just sitting back. Perfect. Waiting for that bill. <laughs> that was a that was a genuine pe- uh, belly pat right no, there, No, Jesse, Jesse put it in post. So, <laughs> <laughs> reactions. Halo would find themselves in unfamiliar territory with Spartan Assault. And instead of dipping their toes in first, they just dove straight in. Mm-hmm. Other than Halo Wars, a majority of fans were only familiar with the series being an FPS console game. Overall, reviews were mixed with this game. Some critics loved seeing Halo in a different setting, but many reviewers stated that it left much to be desired. Critics were also not fans of the mobile version, for the most part, citing that version as a huge reason for such low ratings. Overall, the game only took a few hours to beat, but this was intentional. 343 Industries and Vanguard wanted to create a game with missions that could be completed within 5 to 10 minutes when someone wasn't at home. That sounds so inconspicuous. <laughs> I got to do it in 5 to 10 minutes while no one's here. Well, it, it, it's, it's when someone's on the go. I, I get it. It's, yeah. it's for a mobile aspect, but it sounds very different. Possibly playing the game on lunch breaks at work, during their bus commute, out at the park. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, things like that where you can just take a quiet moment. Like I said, when I'm doing homework, it was easy to... Take a break from homework, five to ten minutes, jump back into it. So Mm -hmm. it it was a perfect aspect for that. Mm -hmm. By the time Spartan Assault was released, the Halo franchise had sold more than 50 million copies of games and generated more than $3.5 billion in revenue. Spartan Assault did little to add to this. Microsoft never released a budget for the game, but also never released any sales figures whatsoever, leading many to believe that the game did not perform as well as supposed to. Mm -hmm. Many would also speculate this is why Windows 8 exclusives eventually made its way to the console and iOS and Android as well. Yes. So let's talk about some scores for the game overall. This is, I think as of right now, one of the lower rated... Halo games that we will have talked about because on Metacritic for Xbox One, it got a 53 out of 100. Metacritic on PC, 70 out of 100. And Metacritic for the Xbox 360, 51 out of 100. And we can honestly just sum it there because one of the biggest things Mm -hmm. we really see is that as Spartan Assault, not necessarily on Windows 8, but as it rolled to Steam, Mm -hmm. did much better. Mm -hmm. And I I think you have to tie in a couple aspects of it. One is the price point. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you're you're paying a couple bucks as opposed to 20, you know, you're going to feel like you're getting so much more for that that dollar amount. I mean, you know, your your typical thing is 
you want to have a dollar per hour ratio. Mm-hmm. So if you're buying a $60 game, you should get a minimum of 60 hours out of it. Yeah. Even if that's replayability, multiplayer, all mm-hmm. your other aspects, it should be a dollar per. So if you're paying $2 for Spartan Assault and you get $2, two hours out of it over the life, that meets the quota. Yeah. As, as opposed to 20, where like you said, the campaign can be done in, in a couple hours. A couple hours. And you're paying 20 and you're telling me I have to do five to 10 minute missions. I might get bored with it. You know, who's going to jump back? Because the most replayability for me was playing it on Steam with a couple friends. Yeah. Where you can jump in, play some Firefight-esque, you know, because that's really what drew me to, to ODST. Mm-hmm. And what kept me slightly playing Reach was uh, Firefight. Yeah. So, so we definitely see that. And I, you, you can definitely see the faults on console because it is a console game. And, and you're bringing this aspect of it of giving us some really cool box art, some stuff that really draws us in to be like, mm-hmm. oh, cool, like the Spartan game. Like, especially if a lot of these reviewers never saw it on Windows 8 or mobile and their first, you know, soiree into it was mm-hmm. the one or the, the 360, then I can understand those reviews. Yeah. But I mean, as we said, we're mixed, but it did get a few awards, actually. Believe it or not, but they were about the soundtrack itself. So the the game did receive the 2014 Gang Award for Best Original Soundtrack, and the track Legacy was nominated for Best Original Vocal Track for the choir at the 2014 Gang Awards. So still, I mean, you wouldn't expect a game like that to even get nominated or win an award for Best Soundtrack. I mean, it is the G-A-N-G Awards. (laughs) But to wrap this all up, Spartan Assault wasn't the traditional take on a Halo game. It's hard not to give 343 Industry credit for taking this approach, though, and giving fans something that they possibly never asked for, but would still appreciate, depending on who you ask. The downside of this game was the overall lack of content, but it doesn't take long to see the love and care that went into this game. And with an original soundtrack that was completely reminiscent of classic Halo tracks would win many fans over. Like Spartan Ops, it was an excellent concept, but the execution could have been infinitely better. This is really the part, as always, we kick back, we relax, crack a beer. No beers, it's actually pretty early. That's a beer opening. (laughs) And we discuss what we thought about the game. So overall, Alex, please start us off. What did you think about Spartan Assault? Spartan Assault, like I said, it it was a game I didn't really initially see because um, obviously I I never had Windows 8. I went from 7 to 10, and I didn't have a Windows phone. I didn't even know about this either. Really. I, I played it on because that's what I was talking about when we were going through this. Initially, I was like, oh, yeah, I played on the iPhone, and I was like, that's where it was. Obviously, it wasn't, That's but that's where I initially played it. Mm-hmm. And then I later... Down the road, when I was on Steam, I picked it up for, like I said, the two bucks and, and played it there. But it's it's an overall fun, top-down game. Like, yeah. if if you take it as – remove the Halo title. Remove, like, the weight on its shoulders it already had mm-hmm. going into this. It's a fun little game. Mm-hmm. It's a fun game with a cool story that I think flowed together pretty well. Like you said, there's a lack of content. It is a mobile game that just got – transpired over but i think for the most part it's, it's a game that was actually really fun to play it was a fun downtime killer it's not something i want to jump into today necessarily to be like hey it's game night we're gonna play spartan assault <laughs> you know so, so it's not something like that Can you imagine if we said that you're gonna take turns here we go so no i i think 
for a mobile game and for what they did, it's the best aspect, you know, because you you look over to something like Diablo, where that was a huge flop with an American audience of like, you phones and right? You got phones? Play my damn game. <laughs> so it, they never tried that. They, they said, this is our game. It's canonical in this way. We recommend that you play it. You know, we don't have a huge budget for it. Also, they were smart and weren't just saying it's only Windows or it's only going to be mobile. You have a phone, right? Mm-hmm. It's okay. Yeah, you guys want a controller support? Definitely, we can do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, you guys actually want on the console and stuff? Awesome. All right, let's partner with Steam and release this thing. Yeah, let's do it. You know, and and so it made sense in in three for three's mind and in my mind with it too. Like, why not do those things? Why not keep doing what the fans? ask to get it because like i said with my little score rant it performed so much better at a lower price on a pc platform Mm -hmm. and it did extremely extremely well with it and it still has great reviews yeah i mean it's still a a fun little game to pick up and if you read some of those reviews people are like yeah this is a this is a great little time killer yeah that's uh, to me that's exactly what it is it's just really you can sit there and and screw around because i've put it on a few times like since I've gotten it, just to be passive about it. Yeah. So like, I have like 20 minutes to kill before I have to go do this thing. I want to be able to feel like I accomplished something. So you play like a five or 10 minute mission where you're like, got that out of the way with, now I'm going to go run errands or something. It, well, especially if you don't want to have to take it extremely serious mm-hmm. or get salty about it or like to have to jump into a multiplayer mm-hmm. game like MCC or five, if that's, if you're playing a Halo thing, it just allows you to, because I'm, I'm officially an old man now. I love my casual style indie mm-hmm. games, and this fits right with it. Mm-hmm. So I, I really, really definitely like that they did create something like this. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, really also the, the art for it is absolutely beautiful. I love it. Tom Salta killed it on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. It is one of, if you want to talk about, I mean, really, I if you want to talk about, was Halo 4 more traditional towards Halo no, compared to like Spartan Assault. I mm-hmm. think when it comes to a traditional Halo soundtrack, Spartan Assault beats out Halo 4 in that sense alone. Because as we've talked about, Neil Davidge was like, no, I'm not going to really reference that stuff. And Tom Salt is like, no, I'm going to reference Combat Evolved. I am a over. true Halo fan. Like, that's what like, yeah. CE brought me into the gaming universe mm-hmm. of, of yeah. music. And this was literally sacred ground for him. And he was like, oh my God, I, I get to compose something like this. And again, if you haven't listened to it yet, I'd say listen to it. It's it's a it's a great soundtrack, and that, that's not me, you know, saying oh because it's a Halo soundtrack, it's a good one. No, I, I, it was it's legitimately good, and you can tell he put some heart into it as well. Overall, I I think the game is pre- pretty fun. Again, it does lack in content a little bit. I think sometimes the gameplay can be monotonous, but it is that kind of mobile top down shooter game? So what do you expect exactly for twenty? Questionable to buy it today. Yeah, like if you can get it for a few bucks. I think I paid a couple bucks for it very recently just to get it on Xbox One. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it was like $5. Worth it overall. Maybe even a few more bucks than it should. But overall, I think it was ambitious. You know, uh, 343 Industries did follow up with Spartan Strike as well because they said, mm-hmm. I don't know why. They're like, let's do another one. I don't think it fared too terribly well. But this isn't Star Wars where you can make dozens of mobile games and have them just sell like hotcakes with all the yeah. microtransactions everything like star wars can do that kind of stuff uh, uh lord of the rings can do that kind of stuff anything like that 
but you can't do that with Halo just yet. Maybe after Infinite releases, maybe we'll start to see some more and more popularity. But even back when you only had Halo 4 to go off of with mixed reviews, that was really, really risky. And the fact that they released another game is just ballsy at that mm-hmm. point. But overall, I want to give this game... I'm going to give it... I want to say an 8 out of 10. And and that's, You are generous, my friend. Uh, oh, no, hear me out. That's because I think... It gave me more than what I did expect, and because of the price point, I bought it at. I didn't buy it for fourteen or twenty or however much. I did buy it for like four or five bucks. It still gave me a compelling story. It was a great soundtrack, and overall, the gameplay is. You know, do I want a little more out of it? Yeah, but if I'm just so bored and I want to do something mindless, it works for me. Here's here's the quote I want to give you. Do I want something more? Well, yeah. Eight out of ten. <laughs> if someone can go back and compare Jesse's scores of like. He gives like a a terrible game like an eight point five and a great game like a nine. He has no realm on these things. No, no, no. I think I gave. If we're talking games, I usually rank them higher. I think I gave Cryptum like a five or six or something. It's a book. I know. I'm just saying. I can do some low scores here and there. <laughs> I can do. I can do some low scores. Fine. It gets a four out of ten. Right. I hate this. Perfect. Game. So if I have to rank uh, Halo Spartan Ass Alt. Um, the alternate ass. I would probably go with two just crazy wolverines driving around in their wolverine. Uh, there's actually like, I want to like the, the animal also driving it. <laughs> um, out of the obviously teased Xbox 50, which murdered the old competitors. That's what the, this was actually this whole, this is a whole like homage and kind of idea of what's going to happen so i'd probably get out of that but divide that though honestly by being on windows 8 because windows 8 ain't great (laughs) so that's that's your time of the day but then you have to add in um the aspect of having palmer on the cover uh, and her her armor which is not chief so it's a different cover that's kind of cool out of being top down plus three Okay, that is Alex's official score, and that is our coverage of Halo Spartan Assault. This is some new territory for us. Put some over, new, some we, new terrors. We got through it. But with that being said, before I go any further, I want to remind you, but roughly by the time you're listening to this, you have a day or two left to go on podcastawards.com slash, I believe, sign up. If not, just go to podcastawards.com and nominate us for the best games and hobbies podcast or just the best podcast overall it would be awesome, and I really do appreciate it because within the next week or two, we're going to find out whether or not we were nominated or not. And what I care more about is our patrons. I care about them just as much. Jesse does not. Jesse cares about the glory. I care about the path to it. <laughs> <laughs> so, as always, I want to thank those patrons that make this entire podcast possible. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesse, Jesse and I started this on a whim, and it's been continued by these very generous people, and all you listening, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to thank those patrons today. We have Charles Zitter, Tactics, Skyjack, Harvey Chong, Brandon Reshatar, Angry Canadian, ZZ Slipaway, Grant Dillon, Colonel Panic, Mr. Choff, Cowan Funk Feliciano, Dragonfire, Brenton Bagley, James Yervasi, Jonas, D Gamer1298, Duststorm, Alejandro Yarmil, Dilfix, Quantum Easy, that LL Gamer Guy, Graham, Jamie Sneed, McCray Austin, Mega, Thomas Goulding, Nick Heyman, 
and Francis. So thank you all again. And if you guys are interested in our patron, we have a link everywhere for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it gives you exclusivity to post show bonus episodes early, exclusive swag, prints, game nights, some really awesome stuff. And if you have any recommendations on things you would like, I mean, we, we are in the process of changing up our Patreon now um so it'll be different here come very soon yeah so send some things you like from others some things you don't like from others just so we can get an idea on how we want to do like our patreon 2.0 and one thing we did that our patrons voted on for july was a slightly to quite a lot lee a lot lee inebriated stream where we read the halo 2 script i did a thousand times better than jesse um, Weird, because I won a majority of the votes. No, I don't think that happened. So <laughs> if you want to check that out, there'll be a link in the description here. Mm-hmm. We are going to start being a tad bit more active on our our Twitch and have a bit more live streams going for you guys, as well as, you know, as, as stuff starts to roll out on some of the things we're working on. Mm-hmm. Um, so just keep that in mind. So in lieu of an episode for this upcoming month, we'll be posting that again, and we'll have also a highlight reel that um several several members of the community several members are working on so we'll have an abridged version of the holy cow it was five hours long we didn't realize that five hours so we'll have that but it was absolutely ridiculous if you have any questions on that let us know but once again thank our patrons with it and if you Mm -hmm. want to sign up today let us know uh and lastly for my point uh we have our merch store so we have some throwback merch from our old logo as well as our new logo um, we're going to have some mugs and some stuff coming up soon. And once again, as we're growing, let us know what you like from others, what you don't like from others as we keep pushing forward. And finally, our print shop. It's on our Etsy. We've got some cool stuff that Jesse's been designing. So check that out. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we are on social. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you don't follow us or have already liked us on there, please do. Or don't. Or or don't. Please do so, though. But if you have any kind of questions, message us on any of those platforms because we will get back to you as soon as we can, which is within an hour or two, really. We're also on, you know, any and all podcast platforms, which is iTunes, Spotify, CastBox, anything, even YouTube, if you can think about it. If you want to go leave us a starred rating and a review, please go do that on iTunes. It helps us with the rankings. Or don't. Or or don't, but preferably you do. Or don't. And if you're on Spotify, please continue to do so. That will help us in the long run. And finally, coming up, it's been asked. You don't have to do it, but we're going to P.O. Box. We could send some fan mail. Mm-hmm. Uh, send... Specifically to Jesse, address it to him, just glitter bombs and stuff, and I'll hand that to him. He'll blow it up in his apartment. <laughs> That'll be fine. Send me, like, treats and money. I mean, you know, <laughs> the typical things you send here's, people in the mail. $5. Yes, just just, just send that. Put a stamp on it. Send it in the mail. No, we're going to have that because I know some people have been asking, and, you know, we just want to have that available. You don't have mm-hmm. to send us anything, but if you do, uh, we'll be posting that in the link description and mm-hmm. be addressing that in further episodes. Yep. And to wrap everything up, you know, that was Spartan Assault and our coverage of it. Our next episode will be Halo Initiation. So we're jumping back into the comics. We haven't done that for a while. Yeah, so like we said at the beginning of this episode, that's the Sarah Palmer comic that was kind of Mm -hmm. attached with Mm -hmm. this. So we'll be dissecting that. Yep. And with that, I'm your host, Jesse Reiners. And I'm your host, Alex Kendall. And thank you for tuning in to Finish the Fight, a Halo podcast. I think we're just getting started.